0: All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Precision Rifle Channel podcast. I am here with my good friend, Miss Regina Milkovich. Regina, how are you today,
1: ma'am? I just woke up and I've only had two cups of coffee, so it's still early. (laughs) Two cups of coffee and it's still early? Yes, yes, I require at least three to be functional.
0: So this should be a very interesting podcast then. (laughs) Right, Yeah. (laughs) So, it's been a while, excuse me, it's been a while since we've had anybody on the show. Um, COVID has been crazy. I had some, some surgery that I had to take care of, some personal stuff. Um, so, I'm really excited to get back on this podcast and super stoked that you're able to join us on such short notice. Um, and the reason I wanted to have Regina on the show is you're going to be opening up your ninth is it ninth or 10th annual
1: TPRC? Technically it's the ninth because we've skipped a couple years.
0: Awesome. So nine years doing TPRC. That's insane.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been at every one of them in some capacity, but this year um, nobody else wanted to be the match director. So they, they're letting me do it. So, so um,
0: for um, our audience that doesn't know what the TPRC is, can you explain to them what it is and why it's so unique? It's one of my favorite matches.
1: The The first TPRC was in 2009, and I believe it was the Tactics Precision Rifle Challenge at that point. My brother-in-law used to own a business called Tactics Precision, maybe? I'm not 100%. He's going to hurt <clears throat> me for that. Um, but that... Business closed, he and his business partner parted ways, so it was changed to the Tactical Precision Rifle Challenge in 2010, where we used to hold the matches was at a range uh, that only had about a 700-yard distance. So almost everything that we did was positional. We started uh, really pushing the boundaries on what you could shoot off of, um, tank traps, floating platforms. Those are things that our crazy crew decided it would be a lot of fun to do. Uh, We never shot off those floating platforms past about, I think, 200 to 250 yards. Though other mass structures are much more malicious than we are. Yes. Uh, The tank traps was another thing to get you up off your belly. It was a little bit different than shooting off of a standard barricade. And um, really, we're kind of known for shenanigans. So the more fun we can have, the better. We like to joke with the competitors, our ROs, our are, are club members. We actually used to require that anybody in our Arizona crew RO and not shoot the match. We wouldn't let them sign up. We've backed down on that the last couple of times. Um, mainly to, we've increased the amount of shooters. It used to be, I think we started with 60 shooters and eventually went up to 80. Now this year we're going to have 120 spots open. So with that extended roster, then we can actually fit some of the Arizona guys in. Um, so a bunch of them are looking forward to it. Some had to, or they volunteered to work the match we had in January. So they'll be getting preference spots then for this match in November. Um, and I have to, that means I have to check rosters, but our, our match is always fun. So um, it'd be quick. I think we're going to do everything 90 seconds this time. So. Speed will be of the essence. I'm trying to decide how much prone I want to allow. I would really prefer there not to be much. Um, kind of go back to our roots with a bunch of non-belly shooting, fast-paced, crazy stages. So we'll see how that goes. We haven't written a single stage yet. so.
0: Well, technically, I mean, it's only July, so
1: you have a little bit of time. A little bit. We're going to go up to Gunsight on Friday and look at some stuff. Walt Wilkinson's come up with some new new props up there. So, we're probably going to design a majority of it off of what he has, um, what things we can bring up there, and if there's any natural terrain that we can use also for some of the positions, like that tree Janae hates. Um, yes, I that remember that be,
0: tree.
1: Yeah, that may be making an appearance again. I haven't decided it exactly yet. Um, the sharks, we did a stage of sharks in 2018. I don't know that they'll be back. One of them, one of the sharks lost its tail, so we've decided it's a minnow now. And we did get a baby shark from Jake. So there you go. That might come in. So we got a mommy shark and a baby shark. Maybe we'll make you have to sing the baby shark song or whatever that song is. I don't know. Um, <laughs> maybe so, we
0: can get some COVID targets.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, you know, the snowflake targets he's got actually kind of look like that. So. They do. Yeah. So maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Crazy. I wouldn't expect a lot of paper. Um, nobody likes shooting it anymore. Even though steel makes you sloppy and paper makes you accurate, I've heard that about a thousand times. Uh, nobody likes shooting paper, so plus, allegedly it's a pain to score. I don't think it is, but whatever. So we'll probably not have much paper. Uh, we're gonna we are gonna do a mulligan again. Okay. I haven't decided how much I want to charge for that yet. Uh, It'd probably be in the twenty to twenty-five dollar range, and I'm working with some companies to see about doing a side match as well. And hopefully we'll have some good product to go to the winner on that. And then all the cash for that will be split between the Cooper legacy foundation since the match will be a gun site and the ROs. So nice. I am 100% bribing my RO staff to, to be up there. So it's two hours from most of their homes. So, um, being able to pay them for coming up and spending the weekend in cooler weather. Well, I guess it's November. It won't really matter, but, um, Yeah. Payaro's so, to come up and drink.
0: It'll be fun. Oh, absolutely. So, Gunsight is is a huge piece of property. I don't even know how many acres it is, but mm-hmm. it's all kinds of different terrain. You have hills. You have a lot of flat desert. Um, what part of the range are you guys planning to use? And can you kind of give a a verbal layout of how Gunsight works for those that haven't been there? Because I think it's an awesome facility.
1: It is. Uh, They're a gunfighting school, so a majority of their property is designed for uh, pistol, carbine, and shotgun. They do have long-range ridge. That's where we'll be at. Uh, Part of the property is actually gun sites, and on the other side of the fence is state land that they've allowed us to use in the past. So essentially, the targets are kind of down in a valley and then up the other side of this rolling hill. It's not a real steep hill. It's not like shooting in Idaho in that big valley that they have or um, really any place where you've got high and low angle stuff it's almost all there's not really a lot of angle to it but they do have some tricky winds that cut through there Um, yeah I mean we've got a bunch of trees along that ridge line but it's at the far end of their property so you have to kind of go past everything um, all of their pistol and shotgun bays they They've got washes that they shoot through there too. They've got shoot houses on the property. Gunsite's really an amazing facility. If you have the opportunity to take a class there, a pistol class or a shotgun class, I would 100% recommend it um, to be able to get onto the property. <laughs> <laughs> I love the range. So the staff's really cool. They love Tim and I and have really wanted us to have another match there after 2018. Um, they were really impressed with our crew and our uh, hopefully our organization and our ability to give back um janelle cooper was still alive in 2018 so we've raised money with the mulligans and handed over a pretty good size check to her she's since passed but she was extremely moved that there were so many competitors that had never been to gunsight before and still felt like family that um it's the same, the same mindset, regardless of what firearm you choose to run. Um, it's still family and you still care for people, even if you've never met them before, as long as they're all second amendment loving (laughs) and toting friendly folks. So, so
0: what are we expecting? 20 stages, 10 and 10? Yes. Is that kind of what you're thinking
1: or Mm -hmm. yeah, depending on how many ROs I have, I would love to run 20 at a time, but I don't think I'm gonna have the staff for it. So, Uh, We're most likely going to be doing 10 and 10. So, Um, But yeah, 90 seconds each time so we can get in and out of there quick. More time to hang out with your friends and drink. Um, I haven't asked Rich and Nate yet, but I probably will. And they're kind of known for dropping a couple of kegs on us. So hopefully we'll have a good time at the campground on Saturday night. That's where I'm planning on doing our get-together. That's what our, our crew has talked about anyway. Because um, a bunch of us will probably be staying at the campground. But I don't know what kind of food we'll have. But we'll definitely have beer and probably cornhole and whatever other games people can bring out. So.
0: Priorities, cornhole and beer, you're good.
1: Yes, yes exactly. Anybody <laughs> can bring nachos and snacks. Yeah.
0: yeah. Liquid diet, as long as you're hydrated, we're uh-huh.
1: set. It's pre-hydration.
0: Exactly. So, November weather in Arizona—it could be warm, it could be cold. I yeah, yeah. think you guys have had snow in November.
1: Um, they have—they have up in northern Arizona. Uh, gun sites in Paulden, which is right around the middle of the state. There's actually a historical marker that shows that it is like the middle of the state. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it could snow. It could be in the 90s. I would guess it's probably going to be in the 40s or 50s in the morning and 60s and 70s in the afternoon. So it should be perfect.
0: Oh, that sounds absolutely phenomenal.
1: Well, just keep your fingers crossed there's no rain. So. Yeah.
0: Rain is always a, a, a great equalizer at any of the matches, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. So TPRC, um, nine years strong. We got a little bit of the history, the, the, the roots of how it started. Um, the match is kind of unique because you only do it every other year.
1: Now, yeah, we used to be every year, but the guys got a little burnt out um, running those every year. It's a lot of work for us. We're we're seriously like a tiny little club, essentially. I mean, our club matches are getting a lot of shooters now, but the ones that actually get back and work, design stages, go set up steel, build props, there's maybe 15 of us. So – Every time one of these matches comes around, it's about six months of us working together to design the stages, go make trips wherever we're going to have the match, um, get a prize table going, set up registration, do all the admin stuff. So it's a lot of work for us. If it was a business, we could probably do it in two, three weeks, but we're not that organized. And most of the guys have full-time jobs and lives and wives and kids, and so yeah, so it's a lot of planning, and, and everybody ends up... I mean, The closer we get to it, the more everybody's like, I'm never doing this again. And then once it goes off really well, then it's like having... Apparently, it's like childbirth, because you have a kid, and then you want another one. Because um, then as soon as it's over, then most of us, not all of us, but most of us are like, yeah, that was fun, let's do it again. And then the rest are running away as fast as they can.
0: <laughs> so... so- do you think, especially with, like, uh, we'll talk about the big elephant in the room or in the nation right now, you know, with COVID going on, um, is there going to be any concessions or anything that has to be done in order to make this match compliant with the state? I mean, I know it's several months away, but, you know, there is currently a, a rise in COVID, whether, you know, whatever your beliefs are in COVID, the, the country's panicked about it, right? Um is there anything that is going to happen differently for your match? Cause I bring that up like Jim C's match. He completely changed the format to where it was tea times and two man squads and so on and so forth. Are you worried about any of that? Or, I mean, is it, let's just rock and roll and we'll kind of adjust on the fly.
1: Uh, we'll probably end up adjusting on the fly uh, right now. Our governor said no more than 50 people at any social gathering. So, We'll see. I mean, it's July right now. So by November, I'm guessing that will be hopefully that'll be eased up a little bit. If not, then I'll probably get with Jim C and start stealing ideas from him on how to run this. Um, I don't know what the country's even going to look like when we get to there. So so, yeah, we'll be playing it by ear when it comes to that. Lots of hand sanitizer everywhere, I'm sure. Right. Hand wipes, which will probably be nice, so that people want to eat lunch and not have dirt and gunpowder in their food. Um, so, yeah. Otherwise, I don't know. We'll wing it. We'll like we do with everything. We'll figure it out. And I mean, obviously, we want everybody to be safe, but that may affect our attendance numbers as well. I'm actually kind of expecting it to. So, with people waiting to sign up for matches now to see if it's going to get canceled, if there's going to be a delay on anything if something's going to get pushed back. So um, I don't expect us to feel like we have traditionally in the past immediately. Right. Uh, I think it's going to take us a while to even probably get it to 50%. So. so, so we'll see
0: with that. Um, what is your clubs or your matches policy on refunds or anything of that nature? Cause I know that's a big question that, we get at the NRL a lot about, Hey, if I sign up for this match and it cancels, do I get a refund a partial refund? No refund. What's, what's the deal? What's your guys's policy that you guys are going to be
1: doing? Well, this year has been really different with that, with the match fees and things getting moved. The money that we're, we take in, we spend almost all of it. Thankfully that money doesn't get spent till further down the line. So, um, it's more, we do registration earlier, so we kind of have a budget to work on, but it'll sit there until I know for sure that we're going to be able to, to go. Gunsight hasn't really changed anything, despite the, the way the country's going with things closing down and shutting down. Um, Gunsight stayed open. They have their social distancing involves being in the great outdoors. So um, so I don't expect that we're going to have to cancel and if I can get 50% of the shooters that we have spots for to sign up, then we'll go. There's no reason for us not to. Right. Um, uh, we've done matches for 60 before, and they were great. In fact, if we had 60 shooters instead of 120, we'd be able to do even more. So right. um, we could push a couple extra stages and get a little bit crazier with some of the stuff that we're doing. So I'm actually kind of hoping we'll get about 80 to 100, but open to 120 and see see what happens. So...
0: So that actually brings up a great question that I've been playing with in my head and talking to a couple of different people in your personal, not the club, but Regina, in your personal opinion, do you like having a smaller quantity of competitors at a match versus the larger
1: uh, it or vice work. versa? Yeah. I think sometimes when you have more shooters, um, the likelihood of getting muzzled is a lot higher. Is you get a lot more people in a tight space with long guns and all their equipment, and nobody wants to put their stuff over here and the rest of their stuff on the other side. So, um, so in that case, I like smaller ones. It feels more like a club match with a smaller amount of people, but it doesn't. It doesn't matter to me at this point. Gotcha, gotcha. So, gunsite is.
0: Pretty much, if you've ever been there, for those that haven't, it's pretty much its own territory. I mean, it's that big. Mm-hmm. Um, being outdoors, you know, even our, our government now is saying being outdoors is is okay. It's a good thing, it's better than being cooped up inside. Um, you know, social distancing, hand sanitizer, all the basic safety things that, you know, will help the NRO will help provide the club as well to make sure that everybody's safe and sound. Um, it sounds like it's going to be a great time
1: yeah well i would hope so we we always have a good time i mean tim tim's been really harping. my husband tim's really been harping on it it's not social distancing it's physical distancing as an introvert i find this to be excellent so <laughs> i hate standing in line and having people come up right up behind me when you're waiting to go up to the register so i like this whole six foot thing like get the hell away from me i want space right get uh, so I, out of my bubble Right. I don't have a problem with that at all. I wish it was always like that. Um, yeah, I, th- I think, I mean, everything there's going to be outside, the safety briefs outside, all of the pavilions that they have there are still outside with lots of space. Uh, the campground has a pavilion there, so we'll do the social there rather than doing it at a restaurant or a bar, because who knows if they're going to be open. Right. Right. Um, so, I mean, everything, you get to breathe some fresh air, smell pine, It'd be awesome. And mesquite, because that's all there is really up there. <laughs> yep.
0: it, so. it really is a beautiful facility. Now you just mentioned camping. So mm-hmm. I remember last time I was out, um, out at Paulden. uh, hotel rooms are kind of a bit away from the range. Yeah. So what are the options for people? I mean, Like, as soon as we get off this podcast, I'm probably going to try to book a room because I know they're going to go fast. So what are options for people for accommodations?
1: Well, the campground at Gunsite, they have actual showers with uh, full bathrooms and everything in there. It's actually a a beautiful campsite. Um, I think they have 20 or 30 tent sites, like dry camping sites, and 10 or 15 RV sites with hookups. So if you're camping out there, then you're right on site. You're super close. Uh, The next closest hotel, there's like a family owned one that I can't remember the name of in Chino Valley. And then the Days Inn is also in Chino Valley. That one usually goes the fastest. Antelope Hills is a little bit older. That's in between. It's like just outside of the Prescott city limits, I think, by Emery Riddle. Otherwise, there's a ton of hotels in Prescott right along uh, Whiskey Row in downtown. Um, and that's what, like 40 minutes away, right? Yeah, it's about 45 minutes. 45 minutes. But you're close to all the bars and restaurants. And um, Whiskey Row actually is a, kind of a tourist destination. So there's lots of – there's a lot more variety as far as food and nightlife there. I think Ryan Hundle picked up a, a swanky little quilt vest last year from <laughs> some elderly woman at a restaurant. Nice. So, or in 2018. I told him he has to wear that. I don't think he's going to. But I told him he has to wear it if he comes out this time. Um Chino Valley has a few restaurants there. Um, some are good. A couple of good Mexican places. One that Nate Webner really likes. Uh, I think it's called Casa Grande. And then there's a burger place there too, that is out of sight. It's like a little trailer. They're not open on Sundays, but the rest of the time, super awesome. Um, they're open and they have, they have the best burgers I think in in that area up in Chino. Nice. I'm
0: Remind me, is, isn't is there, like, cabins as well on Gunsight?
1: It's owned by – it's not owned by Gunsight anymore. It's oh, just outside okay. of the fence line. The Raven's Roost, I yes. think, is a prop. And the training coordinator at Gunsight also has a property that he rents out through – it's like an Airbnb or a VRBO or something. I think the McKenna's rented it last time. Um, so there are there are a bunch of, like – Californians have houses up there that they put on vrbo and airbnb So it's possible to find something like that up in that area, too That's a couple miles away probably Okay, so
0: just another option Uh Uh-huh house party.
1: Yes, exactly lots of options for that (laughs) I think we're gonna do RV share this time and see if we can't get an RV someplace close up to there Last time we paid a lot of money to have one delivered and I think I found some that are a little bit cheaper so that's another option. Some of those RV places will deliver it to Gunsite and then pick it up for you too. So you just have a RV all ready to go. They do all the hookups and everything. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So and Gunsite's website has some of that information on there too, as far as uh, close by lodging, close by food, grocery stores, all that stuff. And um, there, I think you kind of have to look for it a little bit on there. But all that information is on their website too, and. They're an awesome resource up there. Ricky at Gunsight is the perfect person to call and ask that stuff too.
0: Great. So now Ricky's going to get a hundred phone calls as soon as this publishes.
1: I hate these people. He's like, damn it, Regina. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you want to reserve a campsite, she would be who you'd need to talk to anyway. And the campsites are cheap. The tent sites are like 15 bucks a night. And I think the RV sites are $30 a night. Oh yeah,
0: that's nothing.
1: Yeah. Compared to $100 for a hotel. It's a lot cheaper and you're right there so you can get really drunk and just crawl to your trailer or tent. It
0: almost sounds like we need to have the the old um, uh, potluck tradition going. Maybe yeah. we'll get a potluck going, you know, Friday or be, Saturday night.
1: That would be awesome. That would be a good idea.
0: Right? I mean, those were always fun when we, we used to do them in Arizona and whatnot. Yeah. So. Very cool. So – shenanigans, games, awesome course of fire. What are we shooting out to? What do you think, what longest distance is that you're going to
1: torture people with? Um, I'd probably shoot for 1,200. I don't expect that there's going to be many targets quite that far, though. So I, I think the match will be won between 300 and 750 yards. Okay. So that should kind of be a clue as to what we're going to do. Um... So, yeah. Round count? 220 would be what I would go for. So Because we'll probably have an unlimited stage in there somewhere. Plus, some of the guys really like 12-round stages. So, we'll see. Um, If it's more or less than that, I'll get that out within a couple weeks of the match going live. Because I know some of you people actually load ammo early. (laughs) What's that? So, right? I Seriously, I loaded a whole bunch of ammo for the last match I went to. I had 300 rounds loaded. I did it two weeks early, I was like, I'm so good, I'm preparing, I'm gonna be ahead of the game. And I took it out to shoot like three days before I left for that match, and it shot an inch. I'm like, well, not taking that, I guess I'm gonna be loading ammo then. So, um, back to being fresh ammo.
0: You know, so, if it if it's not broken, why fix it?
1: Right, it's God telling me that. I mean, no, you need to shoot fresh ammo. Always Everything fresh else ammo. is better. <laughs>
0: Okay, so we've talked a ton about TPRC. Um, What about you? You've had some changes. We were kind of talking a little bit before we started recording the podcast. Um, You know, your shooting season is, I mean, you just got back from Kansas, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, If I remember correctly, or from what I'm tracking, you've shot maybe three or four matches
1: this year so far? Something like that. Yeah, Not, not as many as I normally would have by now. I'm actually kind of enjoying the break. So I think I was getting a little burnout towards the end of last year, like where I was just kind of dreading going to matches. It started feeling like a job. Now it's back to feeling like fun. And I've noticed that I'm not nearly as nervous going into a stage either. It just, everything feels like a club match now. So maybe a little bit of butterflies, but not the hand shaking for four stages kind of stuff that I still get. Um, I didn't have that in Kansas. I've, it might have been because I was shooting with Jacqueline Bryan and we're pretty good friends. And Rich Dice, who I'm also friends with. Rich and Nick Hoyer were yep. both gave me a hard time. So um, so we mostly were just kind of joking around. We had a really small squad, which was super cool. I, have, I would prefer to have a smaller squad. I think you have a better chance of kind of bonding with the people that you're shooting with. Yeah. So this season's been a little odd with how many matches have been. Like, what my schedule was is not... What it is now, everything changed with cancellations and things moving. I get into a match that I wasn't going to shoot because it got moved later in the year, so it fit my schedule a little bit better. Right. Uh, yeah. Club matches still going. We only had to cancel one club match, which is oh, yeah. nice.
0: Yeah, that's good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> with other places canceling pretty much the whole like seasons. So, yeah.
0: I mean, out here in California, we closed three of our club matches down.
1: Yeah. I'm glad we haven't had to do that. We canceled April out of precaution, but went ahead with May and June and the with Ducey just saying fifty or less our club match this Saturday. Um, we we were like I'm like, Hey, we're over half full. Never mind, we're full. So <laughs> so now we got a wait list of twelve people or something.
0: And where are you guys' club match? Is it uh, Cowtown?
1: Yeah, yeah, we're at Cowtown. Okay. We're still only charging forty dollars, so um, twenty of that goes to the range. The other half we're using to buy new props and targets and paint and stuff. Maintenance. Uh, yeah. Oh, and we dropped the fee for TPRC. I think last time it was two fifty. We're paying a paying gunsight a portion of the money, um, but we dropped it to two twenty five. So oh, nice. Across the board, our club despises how high the match fees have gotten and. As a match director, I don't necessarily see why they're so high, especially if people own the ranges. I, I get the budgetary side of it, and I think I have a little bit more insight than some of the guys that are like, well, they're asking $300 and all you get is a hot dog. Um, I, I know what goes on behind the scenes. We can make it work with 225. None of us are looking to do run a match as a living. It's something that we do because we like our community and we like hanging out with our friends where we don't stress out about missing a target. Right. So we just get it's we're throwing the party, that's all. And <laughs> so we're going to do it on a kind of a less of a budget than last time. I think
0: that's going to be the least expensive two-day match that we have.
1: It might be the least expensive in the country. But yeah. We'll see. I remember when matches were 150 Norcal used to be 185. Um, I think we charged 175 when we first started. The highest we've ever gone was 250. Uh, we've had a longstanding belief that you should pay a dollar per round available to you. So if we're going to have a 225 round course of fire, then you're going to pay 225 for the match fee. So we'll probably try to stick to that.
0: That's actually really cool. I've never heard that before.
1: Yeah, I don't know who in our club came up with that. Probably Scott and Tim together, but. Um, because my brother-in-law, Scott Milkovich, is actually the founder of that match. So he's the one that started it, put his heart and soul into it, and then eventually decided to step away a little bit and let the youngins take over um, so he can focus on building guns. <laughs> <laughs> How is Scott? He's good. Yeah, um, just saw him the other day. So he, he's he been coming out to the place that Tim and I practice with this old cattle ranch that we're practicing at. and. So he and Tim's son, Matt have been out shooting with him almost once a week now. So oh, awesome. yeah,
0: awesome. So that actually brings up another good question with matches being rescheduled and half the country being shut down for three months or whatever it was. Did you do anything different routine wise as far as practicing, or did you just kind of completely take that time off and and recoup?
1: I completely took the time off. I crocheted a blanket for my mom. I'm working on one for my dad. Um, I saw the sourdough starter stuff on Facebook and was like, well, I'm not going to. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I guess I'm going to make (laughs) sourdough because then I want a sourdough bread. So I have a sourdough starter now named Gertrude. And so I've been baking a lot. Um, You turned into a housewife. Yeah, basically, except the house isn't clean. (laughs) I really need to do that um i'm getting back into practicing that match in kansas kind of uh reminded me that there are things i should be able to do that because i'm not practicing i'm slipping so i'm trying to get out and shoot out these two old 6xc barrels for practice and see if it helps improve anything at the next couple matches i go to
0: what are the next couple matches
1: Uh, i'm going to war rifles uh, not this weekend but the weekend after in West Virginia I've never been to Peacemaker so I'm kind of excited about that nice. and then I think after that my next one is the NRL 22 championship, championship. yeah so um and then I have one in September in September beginning of September I'm going back to well to the east coast of Virginia to Brian Lewis and Andy Slade's match out there because they're one of my bucket list ones. I like those guys, so their match is going to be fun. Right. I'm expecting a lot more positional work, which used to be our strength out here. So um, other places in the country are getting better than us. So that's kind of my focus this year, is to start working more on the positional stuff. Every time I shoot prone, I don't have a problem hitting a target prone. But off of a, something positional, my, my brain's like, oh, look, that's where I want... I, my cross is where I want it to be. Oh, no, I'm going to pull it off to the left or off to the right. That's cool. So I need to figure out how to not do that anymore. So, um, so I've been working with that. But
0: nice, nice. Let's uh let's bring up twenty two because this or last season we're in the new season now. But last season was your first year shooting NRL twenty two, correct?
1: Uh, I shot before, but I wasn't a member. So last year, I finally signed up for a membership.
0: And how has that been for you?
1: I like those matches. They're good practice. Um, (laughs) Everything to me is practice. So uh, the NRL 22 matches in Arizona, we've got a whole bunch of them. Um, The ones that I like the most are Dave Thompson's and Ronnie Tanner's. Both of them kind of push it. Ronnie gets stuff out to 300 yards or better. Um, on their on the club stages and dave goes out to 200 because that's the most distance he has but his are diabolical so both of their matches are fun and um, i would prefer to go to those than one that just has the five NRL stages i want i want more shooting if i'm going to go and i'm going to pay money to shoot then give me as many stages as possible to learn right um and i tend to shoot with uh, travis mccamish quite a bit and he can I push each other to improve and see who's going to win? And it's a very friendly rivalry between me, Travis, and occasionally Rob Latham. So, um, so it's nice. good
0: that stuff. So, are you planning this year to shoot in the new NRL 22x series?
1: Maybe. It depends. Um, I'll have to see what my schedule allows. Those are one-day matches, right?
0: They're one-day matches based off of the same format as a center Centerfire uh, two-day match, but only one day. So the match director designs the course of fire and the whole nine yards. It's um, eight stages. I think it's a hundred minimum 120 or 160 rounds. I can't remember off the top of my head right now. But it's a, a one-day match, yeah.
1: I, th- I know Ronnie's doing one, so I'll probably shoot that. Um but for traveling for one day, unless it's close, I probably won't do that much.
0: So. So you, Ronnie's maybe do Steve Lowe's in Yuma.
1: Maybe, yeah, yeah. Steve, I haven't shot one of Steve's matches. I keep meaning to get down there, and I always have some sort of a conflict. So, um, or I'm lazy, but I'll, I'll probably get down and choose some of his stuff too, because I know he's doing Border Wars matches down there too. So yep.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Okay, so what else does our audience need to? To know any uh, any further updates or whatnot, any uh, highlights that we need to talk about. The match match registration opens up tomorrow.
1: Tomorrow at six PM Pacific. Which so,
0: is July eighth. This will come out yeah. after that. So this so the match will be open by the time this gets out. Mm-hmm. Um You said two hundred twenty five bucks.
1: Yes, two twenty five, approximately two hundred twenty rounds, maybe a little more, maybe a little less. Um, hopefully a little more, and Let's see.
0: Shenanigans.
1: Practice your positional stuff. Practice shooting off of stuff. Like as Jordy Richardson told me a long time ago, once you get a good zero prone, um, get off your belly. So expect quite a bit of that. And I'm working on a t-shirt design with a couple of our guys to come up with something fun and clever um, to go along with what we did in January. That was a big hit.
0: It was. Thank you for that shirt, by the way.
1: Yeah, so if you have any good excuses about why you missed that have nothing to do with marksmanship, fundamentals, or your failure to follow any of those, send them my way because they'll probably end up on a shirt. Um, We'll have more information on our new website that um, one of our club members, Rich Layton, put together for us. It's AZLRPRS.com. There's links on there for match registration, information for stuff that you're going to need to know to shoot any of our events. Um, Eyes and ears will be required because it's a gun sight rule as well as just a general good practice safety rule. Yep. And we'll be really strict about that. So you take your eyes off while you're shooting or you have them on your hat and you get caught, it's going to be an automatic match DQ because the gun sight staff will not allow you to shoot without eye pro on. So wow, okay.
0: Let, Let's say that one more time because that's very important.
1: Yeah. Um, we were told about that in 2018. There was a match apparently in the past where people got away with it and they have said – Absolutely not. If the match, if the range staff catches you without your eye pro worn correctly while shooting, like, you can have them off when you're spotting, but if you're shooting, they need to be on your eyes, covering your eyes, or you will be asked to leave the facility, which is essentially a match DQ. So right. make sure you got good eye pro. Um, so I would recommend clears, because we don't know what the weather's going to be like. But yes, yeah, so you're going to want to make sure you got eye pro the whole time. Um, And then all the NRL rules, we actually really like those. So the muzzling, muzzle discipline. Um, Conrad Funk, also one of our club members, made us some rifle racks. So oh good, we'll have a nice place to put your rifles where they're not. We don't have to walk in front of a muzzle or worry about walking in front of a muzzle. He made them for precision rifles, so they're not like AR rifle racks that, were Jerry, yeah, Yeah. these are full size rifle racks that'll fit. 28 inch barrel with a full size scope and sunshade without hitting anybody else's stuff. So
0: dude, he is quite the craftsman nowadays. It's like he shoots, but all he cares about is his, his glazing or whatever the hell it's called (laughs) and his rivers that he's making. I'm like, dude, I got to order one of those tables. Those are
1: sick. Yep. He's an amazing craftsman for sure. We've got another guy in our club who makes knives. So um, Mark Bean, he's he was on uh, Forged and Fire actually. Really, so he's um, I'm probably gonna work on him to see if we can get a knife for the prize table. I know he's donating one to our club match this Saturday, and I've seen some pictures of it already, and it's pretty stellar. So, dude, um,
0: put me in contact because I'm always looking for good custom knives. Me too. I, I love them. <laughs> I like. I was actually looking at my my nightstand the other day, uh, and I have like, I don't know, maybe a dozen folding knives uh-huh. that are laid out on my nightstand, and then I have all my fixed blade stuff somewhere else. But I was like, I have an obsession with knives. This is kind of, it's, it's kind of good, kind of bad.
1: <laughs> I'm like, I'm crazy about uh, custom knives. If there, if there is a high ticket item on a prize table, and a custom knife. I'm going for the custom knife every time I will pass by scopes. I'll pass by right-handed rifles to pick up a custom knife. I'm a sucker for them. So especially, nice. them. I mean, it helps if they're pretty, but I, I have a whole bunch. Um, they're on my, tro- my trophy rack. <laughs> I put the knives up there because I like them a lot. Heck yeah.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Um, Oh, and if you're practicing your position while you're practicing your positional stuff to get ready for a match, um, try, potentially working with one bag see how that works out for you
0: see and, and the thing about this podcast is it's audio only but mm-hmm. if you could see regina because she and i are on video chat right now she's making this shrugging kind of i don't know <laughs> might be a good thing to pay attention to what i just said type of look so
1: maybe, maybe possibly we do have one guy in our club who's really pushing to allow tripod rear support that is a constant argument in our group chats so I wouldn't count on being able to use tripod as a rear support for everything or attack table as rear support so it will depend on some of our props if they're janky props maybe I'll allow it but I'm thinking most of our stuff this time is gonna be pretty stable so work with one bag
0: all right there you go some awesome advice and insight into the 2020 TPRC uh from the boss lady herself miss regina Milkovic, mm-hmm. as always it's great to catch up with you it's been a while since i've seen you and we've had a chance to talk um always appreciate your insight and appreciate you guys uh hosting this match this year as part of the nrl uh family of matches so really again thank you so so much for the support and uh as always whatever we can do for you we're here sweet thank you sir thank you Everybody that's listening, we appreciate your time. Be safe, keep shooting, and we'll see you all at the range. Take care.